0: On this episode of Resi Week, Delta Shrinks Expo, Parasol Everywhere, and Work From Home Struggles. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week.
1: The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. 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 This is AV Nation. Nation. This is AV Nation.
0: This is Resi Week, episode 292, Holistic Systems. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Middle Atlantic, what great systems are built on. And by Daylight, the leading producer of high quality projection screens worldwide. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for AVNation.TV. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by two of my good friends. First, we have Jamie Briesmeister. She is the CEO and boss lady at Integration Controls. How are you doing, Jamie?
1: Hello. How are you today?
0: I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Then we have my good friend coming to us from a vehicle because uh, we screwed up his invitation. Haggai Finer, he is a strategic advisor to SnapOne at SnapOne. How you doing, Haggai?
2: I am well, Matt. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you both so much for joining us. We are going to uh, kick this off. This is the first uh, show after Cedia Expo. So we're going to kick it off with a story that comes to us from residential tech today. The Delta variant is uh, or, or shrunk uh, Cedia Expo and is pausing HTSA. Pushing um, a a axpana, a- a- however they're wanting you to pronounce that, and altering A-Z-O-N. Um If you if you haven't been paying attention, Expo was a, a little bit smaller than normal uh, this year uh, on the show floor, mostly due to Delta and you know some exhibitors pulling out and pausing and making changes and plans and all that fun stuff. Uh, the high-end audio show uh, that was supposed to happen in October has been pushed to April of 2022. ASEON is modifying their uh, expo this year. HTSA has suspended all live in-person group events for the remainder of the year. And the one that is not talked about here but is on a lot of people's mind is what's going to happen with Infocom in uh, late October, down in Florida. So, Jamie, I want to start with you specifically because you were at the show. Uh, you went to Expo. I lived vicariously through your posts and Amanda's posts and Bronner's posts and everybody else's posts. Who uh, was there because I was stuck on this side of the border. Um, obviously, the the show was different, but was it was it actually different or was it just smaller? from from previous years?
1: It was different. Okay, it, it was different. Um, probably because it was smaller on some level. Uh, but it was also we were spread out. And uh, a lot of us were wearing masks and uh, getting close to here. People felt strange. You wanted to hug some of your old friends Some some of us did. Um, but it was it was different. I think because it was smaller. And also we knew what had happened. We knew that the show had started one way and ended another. Um, for those to have gone to Expo with the same expectations, that would be a, a wrong thing to do because definitely not the same show. Um, education wise, there were there were um, classes that were meant to be taught and last minute didn't because the teacher instructor didn't feel comfortable coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think the, like, the difference was kind of being there during the fallout of the show and um, being around for those people that were there. We really wanted to connect. So mm-hmm. we were there because we wanted to network. We wanted to see our CDA family. We wanted to see what product was being shown at the, at the show. Uh, As a board member, I wanted to be there and show the staff and the industry, we support you. We're here for you. If you have questions, Mm -hmm. let's talk about it. Um, So there were lots of reasons why I went. Um, And the biggest one, I didn't have to fly. You know, I'm four hours from Indianapolis. So for me, it was really easy. For a lot that had to travel, you, Matt, internationally, you would have been stuck in quarantine for two weeks. So it Mm -hmm. made no sense for you to go. Uh, Hagai, my guess is you would have had to fly. That would have added another layer of complexity on whether you decided to go or not. Um, I'm really glad I went, but again, I had the luxury of being able to drive a short four-hour trip. So um, for those that went though, I, I think that the biggest difference is, you know, with a smaller show and the desire for people to pull together and want to really network, we had complete conversations. And as you know, sometimes during Expo, it's it's a bit frenetic and chaotic and you can get mm-hmm. caught up in a hundred partial conversations. But instead, you know, quality, full and complete conversations were had and um, really a, a connecting of sorts with new and old Cedia family. You know, we yeah. and it mentioned Steve Bronner earlier, like I had really only met him through the forums and when we had a chance to sit down and connect i think we both thought that we would have different opinions to Mm -hmm. debate passionately um but instead i think we found that we're way more alike than than what we thought we were um and that kind of aha moment slash realization for the whole community i think was really needed at this time yeah as far as you know, what should have been done. I mean, we're seeing the fallout of all of these other shows getting moved, getting changed. Um, you know, if we could rewrite it, could we have just paused this year and started again next year? Absolutely. Um, but for those that did go, I, I feel that even the vendors had a lot of really quality interactions with the dealers that came through their booths. So, you know, the vendors that decided to not go, they made the decision that was right for them. Mm-hmm and and same for all of these other events that keep getting pushed out like who's to know
0: hey do you do you look at this and and kind of reading the tea leaves there were a lot of people who had a great experience at expo there were a lot of people who obviously didn't go do you look at the the remainder of 2021 and just kind of go yeah it's probably just a write-off
2: uh i think a lot of people do and you, you just got the vantage point of someone who went mm-hmm. to the show. Let me give you the vantage point. Was prepared to go to the show, then didn't go. And I can tell you that, you know, maybe maybe it's too extreme of a term, but I'm really heartbroken over not being able to go. And the reason I didn't go was following our leader, John at Snap. And, uh, you know, following Snap 1's decision not to go. So I will not break rank and I think everybody else kind of felt the same way. Um, and at the same time, I completely understand why Snap One decided not to attend as did other manufacturers. And um, I commend our leaders for essentially taking taking this very complex issue and making a very difficult decision. And at the same time, um, all the emotions that come along with wanting to be there, wanting to see everyone, looking forward mm-hmm. to a really big and amazing comeback, and then having it not happen. I think there are a lot of people that wanted to go and, uh, and felt like, you know, I definitely felt like I was missing out, especially seeing tweets, knowing even though it's smaller, it's our industry's get-together. There are a lot of people that I saw kind of celebrate, oh, the end of the CDS show era, I think that's uh, misguided because everybody that I spoke to is looking forward to reconnecting with everyone that they know and, mm-hmm. and work with and Cedia is our show. That's not going to change and so sure there will be local events, uh, they're not going to be as big, um, as complex, as um, as you know, mm-hmm. immersive as Cedia is. So. I, uh, I think we're going to come back. The
0: question is... I, I, I'll I'll kind of wrap this before we go on. Um, I obviously really wanted to go, couldn't go, because of uh, restrictions that were well beyond my control. Um, and it was very... I kind of paid attention and kind of didn't want to pay attention because it was just... It was depressing to me. Not because of how the show went on, but because I knew as much as I... Wa- it wasn't a show that I decided not to go to because I had other stuff going on. It was a show I, I legally couldn't get into the United States of America for. Uh, I say that legally. Right. right? Yeah. You caught that. Exactly.
2: When I read the email from snap on making mm-hmm. that decision. I I emailed john and a few other executives thanking them for making the decision yeah. for us. Because they become a conversation. That was like a nighttime conversation between my wife and myself about going. I I felt like I made a commitment and I had a a great desire to go. And my wife said, so at at what, at what cost? You know, what if you get something, infect someone else, you don't die, they die. All these conversations are are conversations that are being had now in different households across the industry, across the whole world. So. I think in a way that taking showing leadership and taking the initiative and saying, hey, you know what, we're not going to do this because we feel it's not responsible, it's it's a really big thing to do and working everything else on, on the back end.
0: Yeah, and to to all the people who were rejoicing in the low numbers, et cetera, most of them aren't the people who go anyways. They're the guys who show up for half a day, walk around, make a lot of noise, and leave. And yeah, I'm calling yeah. you out. Yeah, I I said it. <laughs> Send me a tweet. Let's go. It's fine. All right, let's move on before I really go down that rabbit hole. Uh, This comes to us from Residential Systems. Parasol launches Parasol Anywhere, an Uber-style platform. Essentially what this is going to do is if you have uh, service techs that are maybe not busy right now, uh, they can, or you can, uh, go through the process of becoming authorized. When you get authorized... Your service techs can, you know, "quote unquote," clock in uh, to Paracel and help answer support questions and and do remote support for Paracel's clients. Um, they will get compensated, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I don't have information on what that m- compensation model looks like, uh, but as a as a as a platform, this looks really interesting. Haggai, hey, let me let me start with you on this this seems to kind of be the next big step in my mind for how remote support grows because we all have technicians in-house that can do remote support but there's times when either we're inundated with support calls and we can't keep up with that in a uh, a a orderly or quick manner Uh, and there's obviously times when you got tech sitting not doing a whole lot is this the best opportunity to to utilize uh, those texts and, and utilize a service like this, and know that you've got knowledgeable people answering things?
2: Absolutely. And mind you, you know, gig economy is taking us there. Mm-hmm. This is yet another you know, of integrators helping integrators. And that's happening all over I know all over LA, where, you know, an integrator is trying to finish a job. They're split between a few different projects. They make a phone call. They have friends. This is simply yep. taking the platform that's been created by Paris and expanding it into a much larger community. And I feel like, you know, in a way, I always saw, thought of Cedia as the connector. This is taking those initiatives that I feel like Cedia could have gone after, you know, whenever a while back, and uh, and making something real right where integrators can actually get some resources to go finish the job so i think it's a brilliant idea Um, and i think it's going to work because historically even in new york city specific conversations i've had with integrators in the past is that they help each other they have a very friendly competitive relationship where if there is work to be had someone has a resource the other integrator has a need they're going to cooperate and make it happen. So why not turn it into a platform?
0: Yeah, I love it, Jamie. From the from the dealer mindset, <clears throat> and, and keep in mind this is not necessarily uh, to to Hege's point. It's not like Jamie's main competitor is necessarily going to be having their service techs help her if they don't already have that relationship through Parasol. This could be my techs helping Jamie's uh, Jamie's people or Jamie's people mm-hmm. helping my projects. It, it it could be a global. Uh, situation at this point. Is there any any concern that you have, Jamie, of either putting your techs into this program or having your customers potentially end up getting support from technically a competitor?
1: Not from the competitor side. I guess the only concern I would have uh, would be quality control um, because you're really giving that to someone else at that point. And then uh, the focus for my tech. Are they going to be focused on answering, you know, our calls or someone Mm -hmm. else's phone calls? So, you know, my assumption would be that this is more maybe off hours or maybe it's, you know, only available for a technician that you know is underutilized in in your company. Mm -hmm. I don't know many of us that have an underutilized technician at this point. I know within my own and probably... (laughs) Yours, we, we're pushing, our, our techs are being pushed to do a whole lot in the time frame that they have. So um, I'm not too worried about the, the competitive side really at all. I think it's, um, you know, like you said before, Matt, like chances are, if you needed help and you knew that we could help you, you could have made the call. And now instead we just have an easier platform to make that happen mm-hmm. um, yeah, well, and vice versa, so. As far as the competition side, that doesn't really bother me, especially if it's going to be in markets that are outside of our own.
0: Yeah. Yeah, very good. All right, let's move on to one of my continual favorite topics. Uh, This comes to us from CE Pro. Research is finding that employees are still struggling with remote work and collaboration tech. After nearly two years of working from home, uh, many employees are still having a, a tough go at it. Uh, to the point of some are 83 percent have seen disciplinary action due to poor performance during a call now I'm gonna preface this with they don't dig into what poor performance means i.e you could be sleeping on the video call and that might be poor performance it may not be that the quote unquote tech performance of your conference call or your collaboration tech isn't there so let's let's keep that in mind you're just as likely to get, reprimanded for sleeping in the conference room as you will be for sleeping on your conference call. Jamie, when when you see this, I, I'm i to the point where we've talked about this for so long. If you still can't kind of figure this out, at what point is this not the teacher talking to the student saying, the calculator got it wrong? Are you sure about that? Like, are we are we to the point where a lot of this is really just gotta be user error?
1: I think user error on, on some level. You know, it's um, part of this as I read the article is challenges with the technology itself. Mm-hmm. So for the masses, sure. For our clients, I can understand that. Um, and the the load that it's taken on our infrastructure. You know, I imagine the daily broadband usage you know, when the pandemic first hit, Monday through Friday, homes were not equipped with this, right? And then all of a sudden, they have homes now have to pump out what schools had been doing before. So, um, so the infrastructure, I'm sure, was taxed. Outside of user error, uh, I think part of it is people can get comfortable working at home. So the performance is pushing past that comfort and actually working at home and not. Um, working while being at home.
0: <laughs> are you There's saying I should put again. pants on?
1: No, you can, you can still go without pants, <laughs> just so long as you get your work done, Matt. <laughs>
0: I'm wearing pants, just so everyone's clear. I'm wearing 505s. It's, it's fine. Hag hey, I'm I'm really happy that you're here for this because I think, personally, that a lot of this comes down to the culture. If If you are working for a, a corporation and you're working from home, but they haven't either invested in you, invested in the technology for you, or just shown some some leadership and created a culture where you know that you're going to be working at home, you know, two days a week for the foreseeable future versus, you know, every other week getting a an email from HR saying, you might come back to the office next week. It, how much of this is, is due to poor culture.
2: Well, I think culture in general is probably a component in the equation. It's not everything. Okay. But it's, also, you know, I, I know a lot of businesses, including uh, neighboring to us is Princess Cruises in, in Santa Clarita. They, they scrambled to get a whole bunch of routers for a whole bunch of people because no one on their team was allowed to work remotely. When all this happened in March of 2020. We saw the UPS truck, we're like, is this for us? No, no, it's for Princess. Well, guess what? Everybody at Access Networks, minus two people that had, had just joined the team back then, had already been through the the process of getting a, a network for their house, uh, having remote access with a desktop. So this was something that the team was used to, as far as working from home, mm-hmm. because we were very yeah. liberal. So hey, you, you have a child at home, you need to go do something, you need to work from home X amount of days, or." it it's really we don't have a choice right because life happens and we can't be at the office all the time and so we've been implementing this um this process for a while even before the pandemic so we were effectively kind of ready right no, no one's really ready for everything that happened but from a remote work perspective that was already part of our culture because right? it was acceptable if you work re- remotely so it really wasn't that big of a deal and at the same time we tried to create an environment where people felt like they're listened to, where, well, because we listened to them, not because we just wanted them to feel that way and we weren't listening. But we we had dialogues of, you know, what does this mean? And what do we have to do as as a business to continue and grow? And then ultimately in 2020, access networks grew by right around 50%, which is crazy to think that not only did we grow, but we grew doing it all remotely. Mm -hmm. So it's not impossible. The question is, I think a lot of it is discipline and having a committed team that feels like they're accountable to each other. It's not just about what I do, but what I do as a subset of the company as a whole. right? And so I think as long as leadership is driving that commitment to making sure that you have everything you need in life as it is today, you're going to have a team that responds in kind and says, I will do whatever it takes for my team to continue and function. when we used to hire at Access Networks, I said, "Look, there is a job description that you're going to get, with all of the requirements that we have of you. But I'll tell you, if you really want to be successful, take that as a, as a, as a, as a kind of a top line list. Mm-hmm. But really, what it's going to take is whatever it takes. Meaning, and and I've also lived that life where if I need to clean and organize the warehouse, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, until now, you know, I walk in and if the the people that are in logistics need something." Whatever, you want me to go get lunch? There's no no job is beneath me. Yeah. And therefore, no job has ever been beneath the team. And therefore, we've been successful. So I think culture is is a very strong part of this because that's the foundation to everything else you're going to do. And then, of course, it's the tools. Do, do your people have the tools to do their, their work remotely? And then ultimately is will. Do they have the will to show up every day and continue and show up as if they showed up to the office is
0: there is there a point where when this all started we had a lot of companies that were pushing from the AV side that were pushing hey we can we can do packages we can we can provide your entire team there was a lot of marketing and some some fairly effective pushes to to help that waned in the spring when when it looked like mm-hmm. you know you you had Uh, I want to say JP Morgan in New York saying that, hey, if you want to make New York money, you better be in the office. Um, That has stuck for a while. (laughs) I don't know if they've walked that back a little bit with with Delta, but notwithstanding, that marketing, there was a point where I was seeing it everywhere in all my social feeds from all of the other integrators I follow. That hasn't been around in, in months are we to the point where we should be going back after that or should we just be assuming that most people are where they're going to be for this
1: i think if you if business is low and you're looking to gain sales it's certainly a reason that you can go out and attract new business or for existing clients even revisiting their revisiting them and saying you know with new changes upon us and with Delta changing, if there's anything that's changed or needed update in your home, let us know. But as far as like to really actively go after it, uh, I think the the world is trying to move on even though Delta variant is still happening. So I don't know if those messages are landing with people really.
2: So I feel like this conversation is very similar to the two channel audio conversation that no one wants to have.
0: (laughs) I'll have a two channel conversation, let's go. (laughs)
2: well hold on build a house if you build a house the integrator that i'm Mm -hmm. working with wants to know control outdoor lighting um music everywhere so we have speakers in every room and outdoors and subwoofers in the ground they're they're rushing to take care of all that and subwoofers in the wall and you know where your panel is going to be and your lighting design lighting is by the way the biggest line item we have on our project uh, to date. It's a very big sale that wasn't there in the past. Uh, They completely requisitioned that from the electrician. Good for them. No one ever talked to me about two channel. Would you like a listening room or a listening area? Uh, And here is how we could take all this high def content from the internet and put it on the system and create something that, you know, a soundstage like you've never heard before. And I feel like the same thing happens with remote work. Where no one is actually saying, hey, you know, are you going to have a desk anywhere? You're going to have a microphone array. You're going to have, do you need this? Do you need lighting? Do you need, you know, better audio? Do you need your internet pipe to make sure that all this stuff works while all the other stuff works? That's a conversation that is uh, a little harder conversation and no one's wants to have. So I think it's yeah. up to our industry to who we want to be, right? So is Jamie going to wake up in the morning and sell? Uh, integration and controls, integration controls? Um, or is, is Jamie gonna wake up in the morning and sell a holistic system that discusses every single aspect of what this homeowner may want, including all the, the stuff that's a harder sell, like two channel audio, like you know remote work uh, packages. So, and again, maybe there isn't enough money in, in, in it for for her to do. And same with digital security, You know who wants to go touch that? Um, it's not an easy conversation, nonetheless, a conversation we should be having. So I think it's for us to choose what we want to do. So far, with the integrator I'm working with, and from what I see and hear out there, it's not really taking off. Partially because technology you know, on an iPhone so is that good enough? Is, is good enough? Good enough?
1: Until it's like, not. Until you get a <laughs> disciplinary
0: action on your uh, <laughs> to, on your notes because <laughs> you didn't participate in the video meeting. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's wrap it there. Thank you both so much for joining us. Haggai, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Snap One, where can they do that? Um,
2: snap1.com, or you can reach me at Haggai.finer, my old email, at accessnetworks.com.
0: Awesome. Thank you, sir. M- Madam Briesmeister, if people want to connect with you, learn more about integration controls, where can they do that?
1: Sure. You can find us on the web at integrationcontrols.com. Our social handles are controlSTL, or you can find me on LinkedIn.
0: Excellent. Thank you both again for joining us. Uh, thank you for joining us collectively. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover.